0: Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason. Actually recording from Ocean City, New Jersey.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you're abroad from where you are, technically, right? There's a body of water. That's between, between you and where your I house. am
0: and where I was. Anyway. Yeah. So you're joined broad as always by John who's abroad in New Zealand.
1: Who is native in New Zealand? Not abroad. I'm here in New Zealand. Jason is abroad native. in the U.S. You in, think you're
0: native now? Is that how it works? You get to a point where I, you've been there long I enough for you're more, native there.
1: I own more things in this country than I do in America. So
0: okay, here's a good question, right? Because well, first of all, I should acknowledge that my my audio quality may not be as great because I'm recording from a different mic. So bear with it. And if you uh, and if you don't, wow! Well, did
1: you just tell the audience to deal with it?
0: I did deal with it. <laughs> If you can still understand me, you care enough. I appreciate you, and if you appreciate us, you should review us on iTunes. Uh, How about that? You see that? Sure, that was pretty good. Yeah. So here's a question because I I didn't mention this uh, last week on the podcast. Um, When you go around Portland or Oregon on the west uh, over there, people are a lot more friendly. People talk to each other. You pass somebody on the street, you say hello. You uh, more people engage. With each other than they would in a place like New York. You know, you're not passing somebody on the street in Brooklyn or Manhattan and saying yeah, hello. But to New
1: them. York, New York's like north, and this is why everyone hates New Yorkers because New York is the rudest place on earth. It really is. I'm, There's no place I'm not like rude. It. most other places. People talk to you. <laughs> it's just well, New York so, where people don't I mean,
0: talk to you. That's not really the point I was getting at. The point I was getting at was my dad, who's from New York, not New York City, but you know, it's close enough. But he, when he'd introduced, when, when people started talking, they'd be like, oh, where are you from? And he'd, he would say, Portland. Now, he lives in Portland, but he's not from Portland. So what is, what is the proper protocol? What do you see as proper procedure? I mean, in, that's. In introducing yourself. If someone says, hey, where are you from? You say, like, oh, I'm around the street.
1: Well, yeah. Like, for me, like, where you're from is where you come from. Like, my parents at this point say that they're from Detroit. But they both weren't born in Detroit, right? So there is a threshold where eventually, I think when you spend more time living somewhere else as an adult, and someone says, where are you from? That is where you come from. Now, if they say, where were you born? That's a different question. So I feel like where you're from can be up to interpretation. When you're young, it's the city that you grew up in. Once you get to a certain age, it's the city basically where you have your roots in. So whether you've owned a house. So at this point, when someone asks me where I'm from in this country, I say America. And then they say, where in America? And then I go into, well, I was born in Michigan, but you know I've lived all
0: over the, all over the place. You, you but, stop I and mean, you say, hold on a second. How much time do you have?
1: But also <laughs> me, when I'm here locally and they say, where did you come from? Because people say, oh, well, where, where are you from? I say, well, we came from Wellington if I'm outside of the city of Wellington. So it depends on where right. you're at to me. So Mm -hmm. if I – just like the times we've traveled overseas, right, and people say, where are you from, I say I come from New Zealand. Yeah. Right? Like we've had that discussion just with people who are foreign. So I think it's completely up to interpretation. But for me, where you're from is relative to where you are. (laughs) That makes sense. Got it.
0: Yeah. I suppose so. There's like – there becomes a certain point where the threshold passes where you're like, I'm from here. Yes. Because I'm sure if you told anybody – like, where are you from? And you said, I'm from Wellington. And they're like, no, really, where?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that th- that happens, though. They're like, oh, from Wellington. Oh, where you are originally from? The yeah, yeah, I'm originally from the U.S. And then you get into it. But generally, people are kind of like, where are you from? It's like, oh, we're out of town in this place, but we came from this city. So yeah, it's all relative. But in general, when people ask me where I'm from, if they're Kiwis, I tell them I'm from the U.S. And they can kind of tell. Like, my my accent is extremely American.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you haven't you haven't adopted any of the No. any of the accent. Are you are you actively resisting? Uh
1: no, I think I work around enough international people that I don't If I worked around a bunch of Kiwis, my accent would probably sli- slightly change. But at this point, I work around international people, so you kind of stick to the accent that you have.
0: Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, how's it, how's it going? How you doing?
1: Good. No, it's going very good. Um, yeah, things are busy. The weather is moving between really awesome and really awful. So mm-hmm. we're getting toward the end of winter, which is great. And uh, yeah. 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 Things are going good. Watching the Olympics, which is fun to watch the Olympics from a New Zealand perspective because... They care about completely different sports than we than what we care about in America. So it's just it's just interesting. It's a different
0: perspective. I, I haven't watched any of the Olympics. Uh, that's a lie. I I kind of like half watched them. They were on today. Um, we were just vegging out, and I just don't care about the Olympics. Now, granted, I do have a story here about the Olympics, so we'll talk about that. But and I'm sure you could guess what it is. But um, otherwise, like Brittany asked me. She says, "Are you gonna?" She's like, "Are you gonna watch the Olympics before they even started?" And I was like, "Look, I don't even watch hockey, which is a sport I enjoy. Why the hell am I gonna? Watch, I'm not gonna watch any of this stuff. Like, I have zero interest in, you know, the ribbon twirling or people running or any of that stuff. I just don't care." And then, but so most of the updates I've been getting have been random texts from her, being like, "This is my new favorite sport," and it was the horse dancing. Yeah, So
1: that's what makes the Olympics fun, though, right? Like I would say I – it depends, right? Some Olympics I get all into it and I just happen to watch a ton of them. Other Olympics I've seen none of them, right? So it just kind of depends. But the best part about the Olympics is, one, finding a new random sport and then pretending that you're an expert at it, right? Because that that happens, right? Like I was watching trampolining, right? And you're watching this and you see a couple of guys go – And then you see a guy make a mistake, and you're like, "See, he should have done the thing, the thing, the thing." And you're just like, "I don't know anything about this sport, but now I'm an expert, and now I'm able to tell everyone around me." Well, see, when you're trampolining, you know, it's it's about the height, the score, about the height and the the hang time and horizontal and all this other stuff, right? So we all pretend like we're experts. And the other thing is, your
0: resistance to gravity.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing is, you just wrap yourself in a flag, which also makes it fun. So you just root for the American, or you root for the Kiwi, or you root for the for the you know the British guy. So part of it is just it's complete nationalism on the part of your country, and it's the fact that you get to watch a new random sport like horse dancing, right? And the now next the thing national- you know, you're a, you're a horse dancing expert.
0: Yeah. I don't, well, my problem with the horse dancing is that they don't give the medals to the horses.
1: Yeah, that's that's all of the all of the sports where you need an animal aid. The animal should yeah. get uh, should get the
0: the award. Yeah. Well. So that's part of it. And then when you say the nationalism thing, it's interesting because, and I got to bring it up, Trump, during a rally after the American um, women's soccer team lost, he actually he like was shit talking that team. And got well, the Hulk that team out cheering well, against guest team. But they but they were anti they talked a lot of shit about him. So that's, well, that's
1: why. the thing, right? That's the only reason why. Like if they would have said that they loved him, he would have been talking about how great they are. It was literally just you've said bad things about me, so now I don't like you.
0: Exactly. It's pretty straight pretty simple, pretty straightforward. But yeah, so what what sport are you? What have you been most into with the Olympics? So
1: I've been into a sport called the Rugby Sevens, right? So you know rugby, mm-hmm. right? It's a sport sure. that's made, that's really popular here.
0: I, I don't understand it, but I know it.
1: I, I still don't understand it, but I became an expert in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's of cool. course, right? Because I've I've watched it, right? I've watched it now for Rugby Sevens for a total of maybe 45 minutes, and now I know yeah. all about it. I know the fastest players. I know the strategy. I know everything because now I'm an expert. You heard
0: heard Bob Costas mention something about it one time maybe.
1: Absolutely. So now I know. So Rugby Sevens is basically like the the regular rugby has 15 people on the field on each team. And Rugby Sevens is basically like half that obviously. So it's much faster. And so there's seven people and they're throwing the ball back and forth. So the New Zealand women won gold. their gold medal yesterday and the men won silver. But you're watching the sport. It's fast. It's like football um but just faster and not as confusing so yeah that's the sport that i got into i've never watched a rugby seven match before the match lasts about 10 minutes it's super quick like it's five minute halves so it's the quickest sport i've ever seen in my life so you watch it and you're done in like 20 minutes so you're like oh look at this it's like you're
0: playing uh it's like you're playing a video game of it you speed up the clock yeah
1: yeah that's exactly what it is it's like it's like playing a video game and the next thing you know it's just over and you're like there you go great
0: it's perfect. Doesn't um, else say it's welcome? I'm into
1: it. I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So if you want to learn anything about rugby, watch rugby sevens first, because apparently the, there's a, there's a US team of rugby sevens. So it's a sport that's more global than regular rugby, which is very Commonwealth focused. Where rugby sevens is is completely, you know, it's pretty new. It's like taking baseball, but making it like two innings and much faster. And you have, you throw like three balls at a time. Is what it feels like, right? like I yeah. would totally watch baseball if every home run was worth like 10 runs and you got like different point like it's just different it's a little different yeah, game and but the game, kind of and the game was here. over
0: and and the game was over in 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, like you would totally watch that level of baseball. So it's kind of like that, which is which is fun. Um so yeah, so that's the sport that I've been into, but I've watched trampolining. Um the synchronized diving is always fun, right? When the when the guys or the girls jump at the same time and twirl and twist together. Um, sure. The trampolining was, was fun though, because like, it's, that's like, you kind of don't, they don't know where they are as they're bouncing around. And so like the one that we were watching last night, like you just progressively see them getting closer and closer to the edge of the trampoline. And what the coaches do on the sideline is if the coaches are paying attention, they basically throw this mat underneath them before they land. If they're going to land outside of the trampoline, those, so, so they just land and it almost, it almost look like they're going to shatter both their legs is what it looks like
0: yeah because they're jumping really high right they're jumping really high yeah this is like a backyard trampoline
1: here no no this is like a this is like an olympic industrial trampoline um so a few guys that where the coaches weren't paying attention they would like just flip flip and you're like oh no that guy's gonna fall off the edge and then he just like gets his leg stuck in the trampoline so it's fun to watch just because there's like a sense of danger (laughs) there's a sense of oh this guy might actually just completely flip his way and land on the land on the floor um, but the coaches, the good coaches are throwing like mats underneath them. So when they, you know, when they do that, they just, you know, they just flop over and it's fine. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's just use this time. Cause you're talking about the Olympics. You're talking about trampoline. So I'm just going to jump right into the news here. I'm not even going to give you a choice of the order here. All right. Sure. I got two stories here. One's about, and the first one's about the Olympics. So specifically, it's about Simone Biles. Cause we got to talk about it. Yeah. I just think it'd be good. All right. Cause I'm curious mm-hmm. to know where you come. So I'm reading from ESPN. And this is an update from yesterday, I guess. I think that's when I saw it. Anyway, so here we go. So this is uh, Simone Biles withdraws from vault uneven bars at the 2021 Olympics status for last two individual events to be determined. And maybe she fully backed out by this point. So Simone Biles withdrew from Sunday's individual finals in the vault and uneven bars at the Summer Olympics, quote, today, after further consultation with medical staff, Simone Biles has decided to withdraw from the event finals for vault and the uneven bars, end quote, USAG said in a statement, quote, she will continue to be evaluated daily to determine whether to compete in the finals for floor exercise and balance beam, end quote. The 24-year-old Biles withdrew from Tuesday's team final after her first vault and she later told the media she no longer trusted herself. She then opted out of Thursday's all-around final to focus on her mental health. In a series of posts and videos on her Instagram story on Fridays on Friday Biles explained she was she was still dealing with the twisties and said her, quote, mind and body are simply not in sync, end quote. Twisties is a term used by gymnasts when they feel like they get lost in the air, which can cause serious injuries during airborne routines. In one video, Biles is seen attempting a a one-and-a-half twist and lands on her back. Ouch. Quote, I don't think you realize how dangerous this is on hard-slash-competitive surfaces, end quote. She wrote in a caption, Biles will be replaced on Vault by... Michaela Skinner, who had the fourth highest score in the vault during qualifications but hadn't been eligible for the event due to the two-per-country two rule. Skinner joins Jade Carey as the Americans in the final. Sunisa Lee, who earned the gold in the all-around event Thursday, will be the lone countrywoman in the bars final as no other American had a good enough qualifying score. Frances Melanie did Jesus Melanie <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. Hooped. Melanie Francis Melanie de Jesus dos Santos will replace Biles on on bars. That is a journey of a name. Anyway, (laughs) Biles had I'll I'll ask my boss how to pronounce that on Monday. Biles had been considered one of the faces of the Tokyo Olympics and the favorite to win the all around title as well as a favorite on vault floor, and beam. She won five medals during the 2016 games, including four golds. She had qualified for all four events, finals, and had the best all-around score in Sunday's qualifying. Biles was seen cheering on Lee and Carrie from the stands during the all-around final. Quote, we remain in awe of Simone, who continues to handle the situation with courage and grace, and all the athletes who have stepped up during these unexpected circumstances. End quote, USAG said in the statement. The floor final is scheduled for Monday, and the beam final is Tuesday. So, I'm curious about two things. One, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what the media in New Zealand says about this. Two, I want to know what you think, but you can go in anywhere you want.
1: So, the New Zealand media hasn't said much about it, right? Because, again, different sports, like she is the biggest name of the Olympics, I would say, internationally, um, mm-hmm. where like New Zealand is big on rowing. Like, rowing is a giant sport here, where I think we've won a bunch of gold medals here. Um, yeah. Rugby, obviously, so is so a big what you're good sport. at. Yeah, I mean that—that's every country though. Like that's what I mean. Like you, sh- you want to show the stuff that you that you're good at, and those are most likely the sports that get a bit of traction, right? Because if you have a bunch of young girls watching rugby sevens women's team, then that's a good chance that those girls say, "Hey, well, that's actually interesting. I want to play that sport." If there's anything that the Olympics does, it takes you out of the traditional big, let's say, big eight sports around the world, right? Like it takes you outside of American football, you know, soccer, baseball. Hockey, basketball, cricket, rugby, um, tennis, golf. Golf, yep. um, I the, again, yeah. I think uh, again. I just an named nine. Olympic nine, sport. right? Like that's probably it. Like there really are probably nine big sports. Maybe you could throw lacrosse in there, but that's very American. So I'm thinking like globally of where you that's see right. people from all over the world. Table um, tennis. Oh,
0: table tennis is an Olympic sport.
1: Yes, so Tabletop but again, but that's not global, right? People in America watch it just out of all because of Force Gump. <laughs> really? But they don't watch it because hey, we grew up with a great stable of table tennis players. Like that's not maybe maybe like skateboarding or surfing, right? Would be the tenth for me now that those are Olympic sports.
0: Who's the Black Widow? Remember when she made? Uh, oh, that was pool. That wasn't that's even pool. table tennis. Yeah, that's Rump pool. Bar game. My bad.
1: Um, but that's the thing, right? Like, there's some of these sports that are like really big in some countries. Like if you go to, you know, you watch some sports, you're like, who plays this? But you find out that's like the Belarusian team is the greatest in the world and they win multiple gold medals. So New Zealand doesn't have a Big gym like there are people who do gymnastics, but I don't think they have a big global gymnastics presence the way that what China, uh, Great Britain, um Russia or ROC, which is real shady because it's like, Hey, that's, the Russians. Yeah, it's super so the weird. Russians are banned from the Olympics, but wink wink nudge nudge, here's the Russian gymnastics team, that's still great, right? <laughs> <sighs> the ROC, um, yeah. Yeah. So like there's, you know, there's so many, there's only so many countries that really put money into gymnastics. And obviously it was always sort of the Cold War America versus Russia or America versus China, right? Like that's, we always kind of had a bit of, hey, that's us versus communism in gymnastics. That's always been the play from, what is it, Mary Lou Retton to um, Carrie Strug to all of the old gymnastics names you can think of specifically for the women. Right. It was always like, here's these little, you know, less than five feet women that we send out there to go fight the Cold War for us in the Olympics. Um so yeah, New Zealand doesn't doesn't have much other than she's a giant name and she, you know, before the Olympics there was all this stuff about her, she's doing stuff that no one's ever seen before, right? She did some move that like is supposed to be physically impossible and no one's done it before, but she was pulling this off in training. So there's a ton of lead up where you find out like Simone Biles is about to get all the medals again because she's doing crazy things that no one's ever done before. And then she gets to to the Olympics and, you know, she's she's I think it was in the team thing where she kind of did one and it just fell apart. And she was just kind of like, you know what? I don't have it and I'm going to step out of the way to give us a chance to win, because if I keep doing this one, I might get hurt. And two, I'm not doing my team any favors. Right. So from a, so that that's all made news here but no one's really said one way or the other right like there's not so much when it comes to international stuff there's not so much like oh wow i can't believe she quit on her team like there's none of that it's just more about yeah. like we're reporting the news of like hey this person who's supposed to be unstoppable that we've been hearing about for four years is not going to compete in any of these events it seems like it seems like she's basically not going to do anything um yeah, because she's she, she's she sort of has hit this mental blockage Where, and this is what Alice has told me, because again, everyone becomes an expert in Olympic sports, that the twisties apparently is when you can't, you don't have a sense of where you are in the air.
0: Yeah, that's what it said in the article.
1: Yeah, so she's doing all of these crazy stunts and she is such a powerful gymnast that she basically launches herself in the air. She can do all of the movements but she has no sense of where she is like mentally she's not able to connect her body with where she is so when she lands you know that she's got full command of being able to safely do these really crazy things these explosive movements and get out of this safe safely and look i would say i mean i think we all feel this in some way right like some people and i would say probably gymnasts are part of this i mean you know skydivers skateboarders surfers right there's that sense of adrenaline that actually really puts you into a focus zone And for other people, that adrenaline is straight fear where it's like you drop out of something and you it's almost like an out-of-body experience where you're just watching yourself do stuff and you can't actually put any sort of connection of I'm in complete command of everything because I've trained for this all of my life. I know exactly what I need to do to win. It's much more like, whoa, I'm doing stuff and I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm going to pretty much close my eyes and hope that I land it. And I think she's pretty hyper aware of this isn't going to help if I do this and I'm, I might get seriously hurt. And she's, she's old for, uh, for gymnasts, right? She's 24. Yeah. Gymnasts yeah, 24. are coming out at, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, where you don't have that sense of fear, right? Like the best time to learn how to do anything is when you're, is when you're young. Cause the minute you get older, that, that very rare fear of, Oh, what happens if I make a mistake? What happens if I land wrong? What happens if this, 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 and everything can fall apart. But when you're young, you just do stuff, right? Like, I mean, I would say I probably, like, think about how hard it is for people to learn how to play hockey when they're older, right? Me and you have seen this. Adults who try to get to the sport are never as good as people who, I mean, I grew up playing ice hockey since I was three. I don't even think about skating. I don't think about it. Right. So someone goes, well, hey, how do you skate? And I have to seriously go like, oh yeah, how do you skate? At this point, it's it's almost as it's almost as normal as walking, putting on a pair of ice skates and stepping on the ice. And I think you lose that fear when you do this over time. And for whatever reason, this fear, this sense of, well, I don't really know has crept back into her mind. And I know that she has, she, I think she takes Ritalin. So she has ADHD. There's other things going on that. Yeah. Like, that's what I read of like, Hey, she, she had to get permission to take this medicine in Japan. Cause Japan is very, you know, it's not like the States where it's like, ah, you know, look, you get a prescription. It'll give you almost anything. Right we'll we'll give you we'll give you crack cocaine if you got a prescription for it. In Japan, they don't believe in a lot of this stuff, right? It's like, well, you don't have ADHD, you just need to study harder or oh, that's just an excuse for you to take this thing. And I would say that's a bit more of eastern medicine just versus western medicine where they are a little slower to believe that there's medical diagnosis for some of these things when it's like, well, no, you're just not focused or hey you just you need to stop watching as much TV and focus more and you won't have ADHD right like there's all of those type of st- hey play less video games and you won't you won't have ADHD anymore so i know that there's some of that as well so it's a very complex issue but from my standpoint she doesn't have anything to prove i think she proved it last olympics right so if anything yeah. like her being there to be in support of her teammates and actually be part of the team to me is more important than it. And if she's personally comfortable with the fact that she goes, look, I've accepted that this just hasn't worked out for me mentally. And it's not like she feels like she's being forced not to do something Then I've got no problem with it at all. She, she owes us nothing as a country. She's got to, she's got to do this stuff for herself. And if she feels like she's in any danger of actually being seriously hurt because she doesn't know where she is in the air, then yeah, you shouldn't compete because the consequences can be dire. So yeah, I've got no problem with her. She's she shouldn't have to compete for the good of our country. Like it's it's the Olympics, and after a pandemic and all this other crap that's already happened, like chill out. So if people are giving her a hard time, I just think it's dumb. Like the other girl won the all around, right? We have a new Olympic star. I don't know her name, but we've got a new Olympic star that are, that won the event that everyone thought that Simone Biles was going to win. So if anything, Sinisa this late. other yeah, this other girl has now gotten you know, a chance to become the next Simone Biles, which I think is cool, right? That should be the Olympics, as in we build new stars every Olympics, which makes it great.
0: Yeah. So as expected, this has kind of taken a bit of a political divide as well, because why wouldn't it, right? So you got the, (laughs) of course, the left that's more like, yeah, of course, she's, she's so brave and right, all these think pieces, all these other things. And then you got the other side that's like, she's a quitter. This is the difference between greatness is pushing through these things, pushing through that emotional stuff to put it out there. She's letting her country down, all these other things. And I actually had a friend of mine who was saying that as well, like before a hockey, before a skate on Thursday night. And he's like, she's letting us down. It's like, this this is what every athlete does and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, put put it in perspective here. A goalie lets in six goals in the first period, then they have to pull him. Don't you think the goalie maybe if the goalie's like, hey man, look, after the first or second goal goes in, be like, dude, I don't have an inmate. You gotta you gotta take me out of here because this is gonna um, get ugly. And
1: that's the thing about sports as well, right? And and again, I would say I'm firmly in the middle on this. I think and this is and this is probably where I lean politically. Is she brave? No. I don't think she's like I personally, I just like it's like, oh my God, she's so brave. She's a role model for mental health. It's like, chill out, right? Like she's going to be fine because she has a personality and she's already won a bunch of gold medals. She's going to be fine. She's going to be a person who will be able to create wealth off of her ability for the rest of her life.
0: Oh yeah. She's brave.
1: She, yeah. Is she brave that she like, it's those words that make you go, all right, look like, come on. Like what's brave is like having to go fight a war that you don't believe in and get shot at when like, she's in the Olympics. Like let's chill out on the bravery. But at the same time, she's not a quitter either, right? Like yeah. like you said, there's some nights, and I felt this as an athlete, where you just don't have it. You're mentally just like, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm not feeling this right now. You're just kind of going through the motions. And specifically at the stage that she's on and the fact that what she's doing is dangerous. I know it sounds silly, but you're vaulting yourself into the air at a speed that is ridiculous, well, you if you lay it on your head, it hurts. Toast. Yeah, and you're again, done. she's not part of a team. As I would say, this happens with every single, and this is what makes people dumb, this happens all the time with every single athlete. It just does. Where you're just like, I don't know what happened, but I just don't have it in me. And the difference is, with gymnastics, you can't pass the ball or the puck to somebody else. Where you just go, I don't have it tonight, so I'm going to try to get this person all the credit and all the points that, that we need to win, Right. You're able to play within a team construct better. You're not on a team
0: of of the roster of 20 guys where you're like, hey, look, I need healthy scratches. Healthy scratches are a thing in all sports.
1: I would assume that at some point LeBron James has mentally had a day where he, I mean, people and this is what people knock LeBron James for by saying, oh, LeBron just doesn't have it. Like he's out there passing the ball when I expect him every single night to go out here and be this monster that just takes over everything. And some nights it's just like, you know what? For whatever reason, it just didn't align for me this week. I don't feel like this right now, and so I think people. Because again, I feel like people. I I felt this at work. I'm sure you have. Are you going? You wake up in the morning. You're like, I really don't want to go. God, I do not feel like going to work. Sure, maybe you get up and you power through it, but are you giving your all that day at work, or are you kind of goofing off a little bit? Are you kind of take oh, I'm going to go get another cup of coffee, or I'm going to go take a longer lunch? Like it happens to everyone, but she specifically is doing something that she's very aware of how dangerous it is. So yeah, she's not she's not this brave beacon of light for mental health, in my opinion. But at the same time, she's not a quitter. She's an athlete who who was having issues dealing with just this you know, her ability to perform. And so she did the smart thing, which is going, you know what, I'm going to hurt my team and I'm going to hurt myself if I stay in here. So I'm going to let someone else do it and I'm going to be the greatest cheerleader that I can. And that's exactly what it's
0: the opposite. It's the opposite of being selfish or, you know, or letting the team down because at the end of the day, if you're, if you're up there and your goal is to get a third or better performance and you're like, mine is not going to be as good as a fourth level performance. Take me out put me put in somebody who can
1: yeah yep and then for an individual event it's her right like she's not winning these medals for america she's doing this stuff for her when it's individual events and if these other girls actually get an opportunity to do this and this is what it seems like she's doing she's sitting there being supportive she's sitting there helping she's sitting there talking to the girl she is the leader of that team and she didn't back out of that role it's not like she curled up into a ball and flew home Right. In my opinion, she's still doing what she probably is really good at doing, which is giving advice and expertise and support to all the other girls there to make sure that they can become stars. So that's what to me goes. Well, she's not she's not a quitter because a quitter would have just flown home. But she, but she didn't because she's like, well, no, I still I still want to be part of this team. This is my family. She didn't think so selfishly that she said, well, screw it. If I can't perform that, I'm out of here. I want nothing to do with this. If I don't feel good, I'm going to make a big mess and fly home where it seems like she's doing everything that if I was a coach, I would want her to do. Well, go, look, she just doesn't have it, but she's here doing everything she can to make sure that we as a team succeed. So if you're calling her a quitter, I think you're missing the you're missing the point on that because if she was a quitter, she just would have been like, "Hey, I don't really care about this. If I'm not in it, so screw you, girls. I'm out." And she didn't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a bad it's a bad take to call her a quitter, but that's what uh you know. People who couldn't even stand on a balance bar for more than, more than two minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, but I, I, say I think that's the thing. Though, I,
0: the,
1: the nationalism for some people, I see the nationalism as part of the fun. By going like, I've got a team. I can root for America, right? I know nothing about this random sport, but I'm hoping the American guy wins because it's America. But when you start saying like, well, you owe us a civic duty to go win gold medals is when it's like, well, that's dumb. These people don't owe us anything. They don't. They spend four years often perfecting a, a an unknown sport. And it's not like they're getting paid a lot of money to do this, right? They're not LeBron James, where LeBron goes, well, screw it, I don't have to go to the Olympics because I'm gonna make, I don't make money doing the Olympics anyways. A lot of these people, I mean, I always found it funny. I know funny is a bad word for this, but like, do you, do they still do like uh, the Olympics? The USA Olympics team is sponsored by Home Depot. Is that still? A thing? Oh, I don't know. But it used to be right when they're like, hey, so I got a job in the hardware department as I'm training for this crazy Olympic sport, and it's like. That just sums up for the fact that these people are regular people, and they're doing something because oh, they love super it. super
0: weird. Oh, no. Okay. So Team USA, yeah, so there's, there's worldwide sponsors, and there's domestic sponsors, which is interesting because you have, like, these oh. international companies. Like, Alibaba is a sponsor of Team USA, which is crazy because it's a Chinese company.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's like they're not making a ton of money. The money pretty much goes for them to be able to train and use facilities, and to be able to you know run at a track or be able to swim in an Olympic sized swimming pool. While well, these people are usually, unless you're Michael Phelps or Simone Biles or some someone who's got all of these crazy endorsements, for the most part, you're doing all of this out of out of pure love because you probably got another job. You're probably doing. You're probably a teacher or or you're a kid. You know, or you're a kid, exactly. Or you got school, right? You're going to school most of the time, or you're being homeschooled, or you got some weird situation. And these sports, most of them are pretty lonely, right? Like, I think about swimming. We're reading those stories about Michael Phelps, and you find out why this guy had kind of had all of these issues. It's because he, he basically wakes up at 6 a.m. and swims for, like, two hours. And then he's got to eat a bunch of food. Kind of, I guess he was homeschooled at the time. He's got to read some English crap and then he goes back into the pool and he's by himself. It's not like a a sport. Then you gotta
0: rip a bong, right?
1: And then you gotta rip a bong to keep eating, right? Like that's, but again, like these sports aren't, these aren't like being NBA stars or, or NFL stars. It's just different. So yeah, I, for the Olympics, I just, it's fun to watch new people that you've never heard of and hearing their stories. And sure, it would have been great for Simone Biles to go out there and do all these crazy things and wow the world. But if she's not feeling it, the last thing I want is to watch her, you know, this extremely powerful person die because they're flipping, doing stuff. They don't know where they are. She lands on her neck. Like, I don't want to see that. So, like, if she doesn't feel comfortable doing it, then cool. We'll, you know, we'll see where you are in four years. Worst case, you'll become a coach and you can live on with the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. See you at Chelsea Pierce.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: all right let's move on here we go let's switch from the other the other big thing happening in the world which is did you know there's still um still a pandemic going on
1: I do you know I'm yeah. surprised you're aware of this because it seems like America decided they were done we wow. did it we beat covid it's over
0: buckle buckle up because this is one of the dumbest headlines you're ever gonna hear um here we go Reading from the Toronto Star, which is interesting because they have the star.com. I didn't realize that. Hmm. Uh, So, anyway, two travelers from the US fined $20,000 each for fake vaccination documents. (laughs) Of course they do. Here we go. Two travelers who arrived in Toronto from the US have been fined for providing fake COVID 19 proof of vaccination documents and lying about pre departure tests. The Public Health Agency of Canada says the travelers also didn't comply with requirements to stay at a government-authorized hotel or to get tested upon arrival. The agency says in a news release Friday that the travelers arrived last week and have been handed four fines totaling $19,720 each. Canada eased quarantine requirements on July 5th for fully vaccinated Canadians and foreign nationals an exemptions to enter the country, but they must upload their proof of vaccination documents to the arrive can at before entry. <clears throat> Those who are not fully vaccinated are still required to stay for three days at a government approved hotel, quarantine for 14 days and undergo tests pre-departure post-arrival and eight days later. That's a lot. Why even go at that point? The public health agency is warning that all travelers are obligated to answer questions truthfully and that providing false information or documents to government officials upon entry to Canada is a serious offense. The agency says violating quarantine or isolation instructions when entering Canada could lead to a $5,000 fine for each day of noncompliance or each offense or more serious penalties, including six months in prison or $750,000 in fines. This report by the Canadian Press was first published July thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Guys, the the shot is free. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. People would rather pay for fraudulent proof of vaccine that they haven't vaccinated than get a vaccination shot for free.
1: What 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 is happening? What is going on? So here's my question, right? Like, I I have kind of blindly, and I'll I'll admit this, I've blindly sort of um heard enough scientists and seen enough sort of, you know, I know enough anecdotal evidence, people like you, people like my own family that have taken vaccines and you don't you haven't grown two heads, you don't have any superpowers that I that, that I don't know of. Um sure. so like I've not seen any ill side effects from any of this. People are like, hey, the first shot you barely feel if you're taking Pfizer. And the second shot, you know, it it varies. Some people feel nothing. Other people have, you know, they, they feel, you know, down or tired for the rest of the day. Some people yeah. have really adverse reactions, but no one has died from taking the shot that I personally know of, right? So I've got a lot of anecdotal evidence and personal experience. What I'm missing from this is the people who are saying that they don't want to take the vaccine, their reasoning for is just, it hasn't been long enough. Although I see all of the, I basically see the rich people of the world be the be the be the basically the you know the guinea pigs for this versus other vaccines not like we tried this on a bunch of poor people right it was actors in hollywood and sports stars were the first people in line to take this thing they were the guinea pigs and if rich people being guinea pigs i'm pretty okay with this because rich people usually will tell you like i ain't taking that and there hasn't been a whole lot of that so all the people who are not who don't want to take this vaccine What is their actual reason other than that one, other than, well, I need more time? Like, how much time do you need? Do you know, like, other vaccines didn't take as long as this one have as far as approval and and trial times? Or is it just people making stuff up because it's just, they just want to be contrarian to say that, well, I'm not taking some government, the government doesn't control me. I'm not taking some untested thing and putting it in my body. Because other than that, there's no reason not to take this thing at this point.
0: Okay, let me explain. Uh, From from, uh, an article from Newsweek on July 19th, this is about 10 days ago, a new survey from YouGov and Economist released Thursday revealed a startling number of Americans will not get vaccinated due to concerns about side effects, microchip implantation, and political motivations. Now, what percentage of people do you think, according to this poll, think that there's a microchip? in the vaccine. Oh man. I mean, that's the worrying part. Like what? Keep in mind, this is not, this is basically so this is extrapolated across the US. So the idea is that so the way they actually say this is blank percentage of Americans. Of Americans,
1: right? So of the total three hundred US government is using there.
0: the vaccine to plant a microchip tracking devices into people. That's what it says. How much, what percentage?
1: And the thing that's frustrating is that your phone is already that device. They don't have to put anything in you. Your phone doesn't. I know. You.
0: And you post um, on Facebook. You're like posting everything you think on Facebook. You post and like, and like, Hey, I'm, people... I'm eating
1: wings at Wingstop. Hey, guess what? You just, you just played yourself. Yeah, but these now these you people are the
0: ones who are posting the most inflammatory shit against the government anyway. So it's like, what don't you want them to hear?
1: If it's any more than 5%, I, I worry for where we're headed.
0: But do you want to take a guess? 5%, 5% is my guess. Okay. Let me, let me give you another chance. This is a blank in five Americans. <laughs> so we're talking about an interval of 20%. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it
1: can't. if it's any more than one out of five, I'm extremely <laughs> disappointed. Like, really? Like, it, anything it more is. than it's, one it, out of five. Okay. So it's
0: one in five Americans, yeah. Still, a that's significant 20% of, of the population.
1: 20% yeah. think that there's a microchip in the vaccine <laughs> where they can track you, even though you have every device. Your car can track you. Your phone can track you. Your watch, <laughs> if, if it's a smart watch, can track you. Your laptop. Yeah. Any device that you have on your person can be used as a tracking device. So why do Satellites. I need to put a... So so, why do I need to put, I mean, CCTV around cities, right? Like machine yeah. learning, like we're already doing it. I don't need to give you a shot to do this. Like there's no reason for it.
0: Yeah. Um, so here we go. A significant number of those who rejected vaccines also cite the belief that inoculation in general causes autism. That's the classic. Um, so... As COVID, COVID-19 cases among the unvaccinated surge nationwide, vaccine conspiracies and rejection of the danger posed by COVID-19 appear the primary obstacle in containing the spread of the virus. Jeff Zients, 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 Zients whatever, a coordinator of the White House coronavirus team confirmed in a press briefing that unvaccinated Americans account for virtually all recent COVID-19 hospitalizations and deaths. The Economist and YouGov survey was conducted with nationally representative sample of one thousand five hundred American adults surveyed from July tenth through July thirteenth. The margin of error for the sample was estimated up at about three uh, percent. So it might be like you know closer to fifteen percent believe that there's a microchip. Republicans, according to the poll, were far more likely to reject the vaccines, with more than one fourth. Twenty-nine percent saying they won't get the vaccine compared to just four percent of Democrats. "Quote the skepticism about the threat posed by the coronavirus is clear among vaccine rejectors," and quote you Gov said of the results. "Quote while more than one in four of those fully vaccinated believe the dangers of COVID nineteen were exaggerated for political reasons, three times as many vaccine rejectors say that is the case." And quote pollsters said that when that when asked why they will not get the vaccine, 90% feared the side effects. Only 16% believed that most of the new COVID 19 cases are occurring among unvaccinated, and for the most part, feel that the virus is spreading equally among vaccinated and unvaccinated Americans. These people are. And look,
1: dumb. even if it is, right? Like, even if it is, if mm-hmm. you're vaccinated, you're not going to die. Like, even if you catch it when you're vaccinated, the whole point of the vaccine is not to stop you from catching it. It's to stop you from dying when you do catch it. That's the point was for when you you catch it. It's not cat. It's not cataclysmic when you catch this. Right. So that's why, hey, you take the vaccine, but you still got to wear masks. You still can't just run around and be like, well, I'm vaccinated. So screw everybody else. It's basically this stops you from dying. And now we still need to do enough to hopefully be able to eradicate this or not keep building new variants that might actually make the vaccine you know, useless because you just don't know. It's still
0: effective. 97% of people who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. Unsurprisingly, reading from the article again, respondents who reject the the vaccine overwhelmingly said that they aren't afraid of contracting COVID-19 and believe that its threat has largely been overblown for political reasons. Less than one in 10 of vaccine rejectors said they trust medical advice from White House medical advisor, Anthony Fauci, and only one in five trust the center of disease control. Fauci told reporters that in June, almost all 99.2% of COVID deaths in the US could be attributed to the unvaccinated. And the real crazy data. Oh, go ahead.
1: The real crazy thing is out of everything that Trump did, this he got right. Yeah. Because Trump paid the money because he basically made such a mess of it. He said, well, screw it. Let's just get everyone a shot, get everyone the vaccine. This is Trump's vaccine. Trump huh? did this. He actually put the money forward. And again, to the, to, the, you know, to the pain of the rest of the world, he basically secured all of the vaccines for the U.S., really. Is he just like, screw it. We're going to pay for it. We're going to do it. You know, look, that way you don't have to be at home anymore. We're not doing these lockdowns. We're going to get the vaccines. Everyone's going to get vaccinated. And then we're going to continue being the world power, right? That's what Trump did. Trump made it so you can walk into a CVS right now and get a vaccine. It was Trump that did that. So you can hate him for all you want. He got that right. And so how this has turned political on the other side is really confusing to me. Because if I were Trump, I would be telling everyone, like, go get my vaccine. This is my doing. I made this possible. But instead, he's kind of not saying anything because he's so bitter about losing, he can't even take his own victory lap to be like, hey, go. Yeah, Biden wants to tell you this is his vaccine. It's not. It's mine. I'm the reason why you should take this vaccine. And I'm the reason why in three years you should vote for me because I'm the one that caused
0: this pandemic. Because it's, you started with the message that it's not a big deal and that we shouldn't have had to do any of these issues to begin with. And you're focusing on the freedom, freedom, freedom thing. So it's kind of mixed messaging and you're talking about a crowd that thinks, Oh, well, this isn't a big deal. So I don't need to get the shot that to me feels like it's rushed. And it's, it's, a big deal. And that feels like a worse deal than this fake virus that you have going around here. And when he's at these rallies now, he'll talk about the vaccine, and he'll say, "Yeah, I got the vaccine done. I did that, and and you should get it. But if you don't, eh, that's okay too." Like kind of placating both sides, being like, "I'm great that I got it," but hey, you guys that don't want it, I get it. It's like he's
1: really and he's what he's really doing is killing up. off what he's doing is killing off his own base. That's what he's doing, which is the crazy part, right? You're killing off older Americans, most likely, right? Most of these people who are dying are over, you know, let's just, I'm going to throw out a number, over the age of 30, (laughs) right? Yeah. And And they're overwhelmingly Republican because this has turned into a political issue. So you're just harming your own base. So why they didn't come out here and just say, the Democrats want you to believe that this is their doing, but it's not. We did this. The Republican Party did this. And to actually take all of the credit for it and fight the disease. What, what would have happened if if Joe Biden would have been, um, you know, if he would have been president throughout the time of this? He wouldn't have got you the vaccine. He would have told you to stay at home. He would have ruined your livelihood. Instead, we let you do everything that you wanted to, got you the vaccine. Now you can keep living the way that you want to. And somehow they they missed this. And so now their base is dying. And we're going to keep dealing with this because I I, I fully believe another variant is going to come from this. And it's going to and it's going to make the vaccine not as not as potent as it is now. And what we do after that, I don't know. That's the scary part of this, because there's enough people still spreading this thing around that I would just assume at some point it's more likely to become vaccine resistant the more that it mutates.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know about that. So far maybe. it hasn't But happened. again, there's it's a, possible. There's a there's a lot right. Yeah, but I also think that the way that the mRNA's work, what the biggest benefit of this has been is that getting mRNA, um, getting mRNA shots, is going to be much easier to pass through. And sequencing a new variant that is vaccine resistant, it's like you're you're one booster shot away from fixing that problem.
1: But also these vaccine, but again, the thing that and that's the other thing that's annoying is that this vaccine isn't necessarily new either. They've been no. working on these on these types of vaccines because coronaviruses aren't new. This one just happens to be highly transmissible, which okay. is why it's why it's caused the havoc that it has. It's not anything new. This has existed for a long time. It's just this one is extremely contagious. So right. say, it's not like systematic. yeah, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like didn't they they pretty much had the vaccine for this thing in, a, in like a week. And so they spent the last year actually testing it. So the testing's been done. So yeah, it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense really why they just won't won't own this and just go, hey guys, this is our doing. Don't believe the Democrats. We did this, but now they're in too deep, right? It's one of those things like you got to tell a lie and now you just keep doubling down on the lie because if you don't, it's going to make you look bad.
0: Yeah. Well, if anything, all this stuff has boosted vaccination rates, but still not to the level that it needs to be at like it's super
1: frustrating. Well, it's frustrating cuz now in order for New Zealand to get herd immunity, right? We need like 95% of people vaccinated. And it's yeah. just not going it's not going to happen because there's so much stuff out there that there's enough people, there's people in the little neighborhood that I live in, there's enough idiots standing outside with signs saying don't take the vaccine. And it's like you're really? listening to American Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I I think New Zealand's vaccination rate is going to be just as bad as the US is. I really do.
0: Cuz like enough a similar people here 60 60 40 split
1: and the other problem is that COVID hasn't affected people here than it has overseas. So right, a lot of people really are it. going, well, I don't need to keep the border closed and I'm good. Right? The only reason why the government wants us to take this vaccine is because they want to open up the border and let all these immigrants in so that way they can take the jobs again. There's a big part of people who are in, from New Zealand who have no interest in traveling overseas or can't afford to, who are going to take all the information that's being shouted through the U.S. and basically say, well, I don't need to take this. This is unnecessary for me to take, keep the border closed, and I can do what I've done for the last 12 months, which is live my life the way I always have. So I think New yeah. Zealand's vaccination rate is not going to be very good. If I had to guess, I would say it's
0: 55%. Yeah, which is about what – I mean the U.S. is not even at 60% yet. Fully vaccinated is 50%. Yeah, so I, I
1: would say 55 I give a little bit more credit because Kiwis – a lot of Kiwis kind of follow the government. They follow the rules. Which, for good or for worse, it is what it is. But that's why we all sat in lockdown for a month and basically eradicated this thing because everyone yeah. listened to the government. Government said, "Hey, stay inside for a month; and we'll be done." And everyone's like, "Okay, cool." Um, it's the rest of the world that said, "Well, wait, our freedom! I don't want to stay inside for a month. How dare you?" And yeah. it's like, "Well, now, you got to stay inside. I don't nah, want to wear a
0: mask. I don't want to do any of this shit." Yes, because I don't and have I to. That... It's
1: my freedom to not do anything. So
0: yeah, and you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Like you're not gonna. Like I was saying, like get, some people are like get ready, lockdowns are coming. People are tweeting that, posting that. I was like, "There's no way." It's the time not for lockdown
1: happen. is dead. It's dead. It's so over right now. Because, yeah. yeah. It's every man for himself. You, is what it well, is. The thing
0: is that you have you have a situation where you have the the vaccinated who shouldn't have to do a lockdown. Then you have and the people who would who would actually benefit from it. They never did or wanted to do it to begin with so you're not going to get them to do it either so it's just pointless i could see things like recommendations for indoor mask usage coming back but that's to me it's like that's that's fine you're but you're not gonna there's no way a lockdown is gonna happen again at least not in the u.s there's no way it's a fruitless yeah
1: i i think at this point in the u.s it's basically well if you don't want to die get the vaccine
0: and it's not even you don't want to die like the re- the realities of it are that you're not going to you're, you're probably not going to die if you get COVID, but you could be substantially ill and have lasting repercussions if you don't get this vaccine. But again, this so, variant
1: is this variant is it's really it's doing more damage now than it did. You know, wait, we've got the worst sort of statistics that we've had in a long time in the States at this point. And a lot of it's because it's the Delta variant. It's this variant of this disease. Um,
0: yeah so the delta so yeah, variant those, death rate yeah personally for yeah. me I'm
1: just going like hey look this thing is mutated now give me the shot because I, I, don't, I don't want to chance what this variant is going to do compared to what the original did <laughs> like I just, I just don't want to chance that so
0: yeah so the delta variant more transmissible it's definitely more transmissible that's, that's true but the, but the death rate I don't know what the yeah the fatality rate is about the same it's yeah. like, okay, but it's around one percent. F- it's, it's like around one yeah, percent. You got a
1: better of chance of catching this. Look, at some point, I think we all catch COVID, right? I do. I believe at some point we all have yeah. it. And my point is, okay, well, if I want to have it, give me the vaccine so I can have a better chance of fighting it when I do get it.
0: Yep, exactly. And it's free. Like, you got nothing to lose. And to, to it's going free. back to these clowns that could find $20,000. It's like you. Just a bunch of bitches that you wouldn't you wouldn't just get the free shot because you didn't want to have two days of a of a headache and being tired. It's like, oh fuck yourself. Just get the goddamn shot.
1: And just think, when we find out that when we find out it's made us all infertile, then uh you know, we could be <laughs> together. It's fine. You
0: know, as a children of men, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, also exactly. It'll be to be clear about these microchip people, like a microchip, if that's just your general um your, your general terms here it's like how big is a microchip like by definition right
1: it's, it's micro. 11
0: to 13 million uh 11, 11 to 13 millimeters long y- you would you would see it you would see yeah. it this is uh it would have to be a nano chip so at the very least change your marketing
1: but look, but there's not even a reason to do it. That's the thing. Like, the government's already tracked us now. They've already beat us to it. So why would I need to inject something in your body? It's not like these people are throwing away their phones. These people are idiots. So they're still yeah. on Facebook snitching on themselves. They're still driving around in cars with chips in it. They're still, like, again, everything you do, the government can track. You think the government can't find you if they don't want to find you? Like, it was, I think it was Michael Irvin or someone had said this. Like, if the government wanted you dead, you'd be dead. We've reached that point in society. If the government wants to kill you, you'll be dead.
0: Yeah, It's pretty easy. It's, like it's you real know, easy. Hold on, hold on to your rights so you can defend. Hold on to your rights to bear arms so you can uh, defend yourself when the government comes knocking at your door. It's like, no, no, no. If they really want something, they'll just take it. Yeah,
1: yeah. like, And you won't even realize it before it's mm-hmm. gone. Like, We've just reached that point where it's like, you guys really think that you can stop the government from doing things, and it's like, not really. The government actually yeah. plays pretty nice, <laughs> all things considered. I mean,
0: all these people are on Facebook and social media. It's like, they already just know everything them
1: you. You literally need to them
0: put it there to sign up. Yeah. All right. So, well, enough of that shit. Uh, like I said, I only had two stories, and that was a little political, too, so let's just move on to a little media therapy. What do you say?
1: Yeah, no, I was thinking about this as I was watching the Fast 9 movie. Have we already yeah. done Vin Diesel with the Paul Giamatti game?
0: We probably did it a while ago, but we could do it again. Well, I, I know the answer now. Do you know the answer? Uh, it's been a while. I, I believe I believe Vin Diesel is like two years younger than Paul Giamatti.
1: Okay. I believe he is, because Paul Giamatti is how old now? I believe he's 54. 53. 54. 54. Okay. He had a birthday. Vin Diesel is also 54. Let me. I'm going to type oh, in Mark shit. St. Clair's name, because <laughs> that's Vin Diesel's real name. It's Mark St. Clair. You're right. Vin Diesel is July 18th, 1967.
0: Yeah, Paul Giamatti, I believe, yeah, June 6th. So he's uh so Paul Giamatti is older by him by like a month. By not a lot, right? That's so, incredible. That's but let's incredible. be real. Can like before we actually talk about this movie, can we talk about yeah. like Vin Diesel's form, like as a as a person? <laughs> like like let's talk about his build for a minute. Yes. He, Is he? He's kind of chunky, right? He's he's very square. He's a very odd shaped man, and I think like he kind of like this movie. Like we'll get into it, but this series has basically revolved around him being like the world's perfect dude.
1: Yeah, because he's very he's very chunky. He doesn't have. Look, I would say like when you look at men, right, like women, right, it's our glass figure, right? Like generally you want kind of wide, I'm going to speak in bodybuilding terms, you want sort of wide, you know, wide lats and shoulders that taper down to a very thin waist and then sort of has a bit more wider hip because that just gives generally a more feminine shape. And men, for the most part, you're trying to build an X, right? So you want big, wide shoulders, big, you know, big, wide chest, big lats and then you want that to sort of come down to a pretty normal size waist, and then you don't want it to necessarily curve out. You just want to have a really strong base, so strong legs, strong calves, right? That's kind of the form you're building. That's what The Rock looks like. That's what John Cena looks like. That's what looks... Every dude that sits there and lifts weights, you kind of want to look like a superhero, which is basically drawing an X. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's not exactly an hourglass. It's like an hourglass if, you know, if you kind of cross right through the middle. Vin Diesel is just like a big big rectangle (laughs) and again look he's in shape he's he's in shape he's got muscles he's a big strong looking dude but he's just kind of a big rectangle like his waist is kind of blocky he's got a big blocky midsection and he's just kind of a he's just kind of a big a big block it's like a block of cheese a chiseled block of cheese
0: dude i'm looking at this picture from the original fast and furious with vin diesel then and it's it's so bizarre because you think over time, you're like, "Well, wow, he looks he looks kind of similar," and then you look at this picture, and you're like, "No, wait a minute, he looks very different." He's just wide.
1: And, he's just got a wide waist, which isn't which isn't really what you want in superhero characters, right? You kind of want very, yeah like the side side view, in. yeah
0: side view. He goes he goes deep, you know. He's not a fat guy, but he's got no. there's a lot of volume. You know what I mean?
1: And look let's let's be honest. The other thing is Vin Diesel's short. That doesn't help. When you're shorter, you tend to look whoa, a little whoa, whoa, blockier. When slow you're da- really, slow down.
0: don't 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 be don't be throwing shade at the shorties.
1: You know right. I'm telling the truth, because when you're shorter, nah, just when, you, when you're no, muscular, when you're this muscular, when you're this not muscular, short, he's six he, foot. He's, like, he's not. No, hell no. Vin Diesel is six feet. What it no says way. on
0: uh, Google, he's, he's, Google. He is
1: not six feet. No way. No way. He's six feet. <laughs> no way in the world. Vin Diesel is six feet. He's probably five eight,
0: five nine. I'm just telling you what it says here yeah yeah he's not 6 feet I'm six one. me is and Vin Diesel like, are not the same height is there Vin Diesel height conspiracy theories out there
1: I, I mean he's not as tall as he thinks he is <laughs> so it's just that he's not he's not 6 feet tall no way the rock is 6'4 right so like Vin Diesel again Vin Diesel is just kind of a blocky looking dude so he's not you know he, he kind of he thinks he's Dwayne Johnson and he's not Right. Dwayne Johnson is, you know, he's kind of prototypically kind of what you and even he's gotten a little blocky because, again, as you get older, a 54 year old man, you're not going to have this perfectly diesel. Yeah. Like the image I'm looking at now, that's a bit more what you kind of want to look like. But he's getting older. It gets a little harder. Your, your abs get a little blockier. You carry more fat around your midsection if you're a man. And
0: that's just how look, I want to be clear. I've, I would love to look that good. when I'm 54. Absolutely. Again, everyone would again, he's he's in shape. He's a decent looking guy, but, like, but he's not, but he's I think he thinks he's playing like a 30 something year old dude here.
1: Well, he also thinks he looks like Chris Hemsworth, and he doesn't. No. No. Cuz Chris Hemsworth no, he is pretty tall, right? Like that's why I hate to say this, but this is why women want dudes with a little bit of height. It's cuz when you're in shape and you got a little bit of height, you look a little leaner, you don't look like a block. You tend to you tend to be a bit more proportional. Like Vin Diesel's arms are just out of proportion because he's just a jack dude. When you're taller, your muscles are a little longer, and you just look a bit more into proportion. So Vin Diesel just kind of all squishes together because he's not that tall.
0: I guess. I mean, it it says he's six foot. I thought it's not six feet. You know, you know what's crazier though is so John Cena's in this movie. John Cena looks like he is seventy three years old, <laughs> and John and John Cena is ten years younger than Vin Diesel. Yes, and you know what? That was all by design. Yeah, I guess. I mean, John Cena. John Cena looks like a dude. Oh, I like John Cena. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm I'm am like- a, a John Cena stand, okay? Because I once I saw the movie Twelve Rounds, I was like, all right, I'm I'm it. This dude's great. John Cena's it's a lot 6-1. of fun. He's 6'1". Now go watch that
1: movie again. Him and Vin Diesel do not look eye to eye. They try to. They try to, but they're not. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is not six feet. He's okay. not.
0: i um, <laughs> he just I'm isn't. Not, I'm not going to argue so... the semantics. As far as I know, everybody's taller than me, and that and well, that's fine. So everybody is equal fair. in that. In my eyes, they're equally yes, just fair. taller than me. And I accept that fact. He's, that's fine.
1: He's six feet tall. This is the same dude that won't actually tell you what is what his genetic makeup is.
0: He's uh, racially ambiguous.
1: Yes, because I mean, but that's what I mean. Like Vin Diesel's not six feet. Anyways, um,
0: right. so what, what, what are we going to talk about? Here? Are we going to talk about this later so we can spoil it, or you want to just jump right in and talk about?
1: Well, F9, that well I guess quickly. It. I already you talked about Black ones. Widow.
0: I thought I had give me the pre- give me the previews before we get to the before we get. There's to the a couple
1: show. of other movies that I've watched that I don't know if I that if I brought up. Did I bring up? I care a lot. That I bring up that movie.
0: Uh, that sounds familiar. Maybe not.
1: Click so in. so I I oh, care yeah. has has Roseman Pike in it. It's got Peter Dinklage in it.
0: <laughs>
1: it's basically a movie about um about this woman who takes over it's she she's kind of a con artist. It's the best way right. to put it. And she right. takes over guardianship of elderly people who don't have family or have very little family. So basically what she does is she has a doctor that she convinces, right? So like let's just say you're, you know, Anyone's parents go into a doctor and the doctor has their medical history and the doctor is in on this cut who goes into the court and says, hey, look, you know, I've got this patient. I'm really worried for their safety. And I think that the court needs to appoint someone to look after this person's well-being or their financial situation. So that's the premise. This woman comes in and basically steals the money from these elderly people and cuts their family out of this by saying, well, I had to take, you know, her son is not capable of taking care of her. So th- you go to the court and say, I really care for these people. I want to make sure that that as they get older in life and they have dementia or they have Alzheimer's, that their finances are taken care of. And so what she does is she basically puts them in a home and these people give these people drugs and she basically then sells the house, takes their money, et cetera. So that's the premise oh. of the movie. It's I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good watch. The ending was a little weird um but i if you're this is why i think every person who's over the age of 60 is like don't put me in a home because i would say this is what you kind of think happens this is like the evil side of nursing homes and this stuff um but it's a dark comedy i enjoyed it um it gets a little weird uh but it was a it was fun to watch so i care a lot i, I recommend it i don't have a star rating for this i just recommend that you watch it okay if you're on an airplane and this pops up give it a watch. Right. Uh, I think cool. I talked about Gunpowder Milkshake last week. Yep. Yes, she did. Talked about Black Widow. Did I talk about The God Committee?
0: No. So The God, so Comm- the God that Committee. That's a cool title.
1: The God Committee is Kelsey Grammer. Oh. Right? It's got Julia Stiles mm-hmm. in it. I haven't seen Julia Stiles in a while.
0: Yeah. Um, she, um, she was, The last movie I saw her in was Jason Bourne.
1: Oh wow, that's a long time ago. I think she's in that I think she's in one of these other recent movies, but yeah. Um so basically this is it's another one of these medical things where there's a board of people talking about who gets the um she was in Hustlers, that's where I remember her from. Um who get to who who decide who gets a transplant. Oh. So there's a kidney that comes in, there's a bunch of people that's that dark. don't match. They all get together in a room and decide who gets this transplant, right? Is it this 85-year-old woman or is it this overweight guy in his 40s? And they have to make the decision that goes, well, you know, look, you know, John's health is bad. He eats bad food. I don't know if he's going to take care of this kidney versus this 85-year-old woman who I think, you know, will get the next 15 years to live out the rest of her life. Who do we make that decision for? And so it kind of goes through this big drama of how these decisions are made, right? The deals that are made, the backdoor discussions of, hey, if you do this for me, then we'll get this thing through. So it's a board of you know, psychiatrists, doctors, all these people at this hospital, right? It's a hospital board. How so, does it
0: serve as a companion piece to John Q? Uh, <laughs>
1: um, this movie's not as good as John. I mean, Denzel Washington is great. He's fun to watch. That's this not a is, good movie.
0: Just to be clear, Denzel Washington no. is great in that movie. It's not a good movie.
1: Can, can we can we just make this? Because I want to talk about a Denzel movie that I watched. Yeah. Um, he makes every movie great, or yeah. greater than yeah, yeah, it yeah. should
0: be. Right? Like no, he's, he all, he's always a pleasure. He's he's always a pleasure to watch. I have so if he's in a bad, yeah, yeah. So if he's in a bad movie, if he's in a bad movie, he's movie's still full. gonna make <laughs> it's still gonna be fun because he's movie. It. It's like Tom yeah, Cruise. Tom bad, Cruise. Rock. Rock of Ages is a piece of shit, but when Tom Cruise is there, it's a great yeah, time. Like yeah. And then he disappears so like, and is back to being a piece of shit again.
1: Now, now if you want to take a, if you want to take a, a, a like go back to what we talked about earlier. He shows up every night. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've never seen Denzel just have an off movie. No, Denzel He's never showing had up the every single night. He's not never getting twisted. twisties. Every no. single day he shows up. It's it's all it's all Denzel. You get all of them. Um. So this movie's not as good. Um. It's interesting to watch. It falls apart halfway through. Um, this is another one of those. If you're on an airplane and it pops up, like make it halfway through, and you kind of get the gist of it. Yeah, um, it there's it, there's a lot of drama in it between Kelsey Grammer and Julia Stiles. There's a relationship. There's a lot of stuff that goes on that makes it a little odd towards the end. Um, I, I wouldn't watch it again, but I wasn't sad that I watched it. So if that counts as a movie review, <laughs> then that's put, what that, you put that on put that on the box. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sad that I watched it, but I wouldn't watch it again.
0: Yeah, I think that sounds good. That's a solid. That's a five out of ten. If I've ever heard. Yeah. One. So the last You're
1: movie right. that I watched before I get into before we get into Fast Nine is a movie called the, the Little Things. Right. This is a new Denzel.
0: Character. Oh, sure. That is that's Denzel and uh, what is Jared Leto in it?
1: And it's got Rami Malik in it as well. Oh, that's true. Right. So that's a pretty. That's a pretty strong. That's a pretty strong cast there. Just those top three billing. Yeah.
0: I heard. I hear mixed strong, things about it.
1: Right. Yes. Mixed things. Um, again, another one of these things where the end kind of falls apart, and Rami Malek, I feel like he's just like he's gonna be stuck kind of being Freddie Mercury, um, because he just kind of like Jared Leto steals this movie. Really? Like he's really good in this movie. Denzel is Denzel is supporting two young younger actors, so he's still Denzel. It's just toned down a bit because the point isn't for Denzel to be maximum Denzel. You get like eighty percent of what you expect from denzel so you don't get the the screaming or the or the training day vibe you get a little bit of it though it's in there and you can see that denzel kind of wants to take over this movie but he's kind of knows like it's not my place to take over this movie i gotta play my role um so yeah i like it up until maybe the last 30 minutes and then the twist at the end is just really weird um but this is another one of those that I, I would recommend that you watch this just because it's got Denzel in it, and Denzel does a great job. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy the ride through. Jared Leto's great in it, so I would recommend that you watch this. This isn't one of those, oh, I watched it, and I wouldn't watch it again. I won't watch it again, but I'm pleased that I made that decision that night when I watched this. It was it was a wise decision. It was worthy a watch. So
0: Denzel, that's probably Denzel does, what? Does seven good seven Denzel out of stuff. Kid?
1: Yeah, he does some okay. good, and Randy cool. Malek's fine. He's a good actor, and Jared Leto's great. Really good. So, Alright. Cool. Yeah. So, fast nine.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, and uh, just on the on the games front, I haven't. I've still been playing Godfall, and Ease nine. So I got nothing new to talk about. But I did download the Ascent, and I'm very excited to start that.
1: Cool. I've seen some things. Um, I've been thinking about getting a retro gaming machine. We'll talk about that one of these weeks.
0: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm curious about how retro you're talking here. Let's see where we're at at the end of this Fast Nine discussion. And if not, then if we don't do it tonight, then we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it next time, next week. Sure. All right. Fast Nine. Before we get into spoilers, I'll just start it off. You got. You got to see this movie. You got to see it. You got to see it. Like it's not. Look, is it Furious Seven? No. I don't even know if it's as good as Furious Eight. I'm not going to lie. I quickly forgot everything that happened in it. But every time, but then you were kind of live messaging me as it was going on. I was like, oh yeah, this movie's great. And I'd see it in a movie theater. You got to see it in a theater. And if you don't see it in a theater, I recommend it a little bit less. But yeah, you get you got to see this thing. It's just like every, every fast, ever since Furious 6, I'm going to say, Furious 5 started getting crazy. But the biggest, the craziest thing they did there was drag a safe through uh, through Rio. And now they're, it's basically like, okay, what kind of over the top nonsense are these guys going to do next? And I want to do I'll, an experiment. I'm here for it. So, I, I'm, so see this movie. That's my
1: review. I want to do an ex- What What you should do, right? I want you to find people that have never seen any of these movies. And I want you to show them the first one. And then I want you to show them this one. And I'm interested in what their reaction is because I kind of did this because Alice has seen the first movie, what, 20 years ago at this point.
0: Yeah, it's 20. been a while. And you. so in the, the background,
1: date. I turn this on and she's kind of half paying attention to it. And she's like, what is this? And I was like, this is a Fast and Furious movie. She says, like, I thought it was about cars. It is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, Sure. But that's that—that's where this is going. Yeah, twenty years yeah, right? ago. Twenty years ago. Yeah. So twenty years ago, they made a they made a movie they made a a movie about street racing.
0: And then they got. I'm, to gonna, I'm just thing. gonna I'm just gonna say this. So Fast and Furious 2001. There's a um, one line summaries of these, like just plots, not not spoiling anything. On the uh, on the Wikipedia page here, live your life quarter o- mile
1: at a time. So right? here we go.
0: <laughs> Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker. In under this is for the first movie in two thousand one. Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker, an undercover cop, is tasked with discovering the identities of a group of unknown automobile hijackers led by Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel. Fast forward to F nine. Dominic Toretto and his family must stop a world sh- a world shattering plot headed by Cipher and Dominic's estranged younger brother Jacob.
1: I'm, I'm telling you it's it's like it it like someone needs like this is where we started and this is where
0: we are now like the villain of the first movie is now the star and stop it and saving the world from like John it, it's, Theta.
1: it's crazy. It went from like nitrous oxide and racing with girls dancing to this. So I don't want to say what this is because if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend if you've never watched any of these movies. So look, if you've watched these movies before, specifically, like you said, any movie between six, seven, eight, you know what you're getting in. You're going to watch it. You're going to enjoy it. And you're going to wait for the next one. It just is what it is at this point is how I feel. Like, it, it's ridiculous where we are, but but we're in it. So just let's just keep doing it. Fine. And aren't, aren't you happy? Aren't you happy we're here? Yeah. Again, I'm just. I just have to. Like, I'm just confused by it. Again, there. It's a Marvel movie, is what I got. I'm like, this is yeah. a Marvel movie. It's. It's the yeah. Avengers, but it's. It's instead, it's the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. So, I, again, I, I would if you. I want you to find someone who's never watched this before, and let them watch the first one, and then let them watch the last one, and see the utter confusion on their face, because I've got three notes from this. That I took down because eventually I had to stop oh, yeah. taking notes because are I was going to get
0: into spoil Are we going to get into spoilers now?
1: Uh, no. Okay. So these are the three notes. Two of these are are from, or one of these is from Alice, and I'll read hers last. Right. So I want you to, I want you to, you can tell me what the last one is. Right. So the first thing I noticed that Vin Diesel never wears a seatbelt. Ever. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and it just bothered me because it's just he's, like he's you know, so
0: strong. He's so strong, though. He other need characters
1: one. wear seatbelts, but him and Michelle Rodriguez specifically never put on a seatbelt.
0: Is it yeah, just they're, because they're, he's
1: just he's just too big? He's just you know, Vin Diesel doesn't need a seatbelt. He's his own seatbelt.
0: He's too strong.
1: He's, he's too he's strong. Too,
0: he's so he's so strong. You know, he's like if he was to be in an accident, which he has been many times, um, he'll just be fine. I and also this this will, this will tie into my theory. Of the of the I want to talk about the theory, right?
1: Because they they hinted this, which is actually very intriguing to me. <laughs> For some yeah. reason, I hope it takes this turn. I really do, right? So I'll, I'll yeah. do that in spoiler. So the the second note that I have is the spoiler bit. Okay. The last one is from Alice, and this is what yeah. Alice said: She was watching this movie before she basically completely tuned out. This is exactly what she said verbatim, and I want you to I want you to tell me if you can figure out who this is about. Her face is still very beautiful, but she looks like an idiot.
0: Oh. Is it Michelle Rodriguez? There's only two no. women in this movie. It's well, there's Jordana three. Brewster. Well,
1: oh, there's four. There's four women.
0: Oh, Charlie's. Jordana on.
1: Brewster. Michelle Ra- Yeah. Like it's it's like, what is she doing? <laughs> like that haircut. It's it's oh, a bulk. No. Cut. I mean, it's
0: better it's better than the it's better than the dreads.
1: I mean, it whatever she's doing, she very clearly is like when I show up and I get paid and I can kind of do whatever I want as long as I just don't disrespect Vin Diesel the way that Dwayne Johnson did. Okay, yeah, cool. I just, make, I I just need to make...
0: Yeah, I need to make it seem like Vin Diesel is the shit, which was her yes. whole premise in the last movie. Yeah.
1: And that's and so that's everyone's like, there to make him look unstoppable because yeah. that's what he is in this. And so yeah. I want to just... I'll say this last line and then we'll put the spoiler tag on this. Okay. So the the last line that I wrote down... There's this whole thing about how are you not dead, right? Yeah. And that should be the title for the next 20 movies. It should be in the tagline, F10, how are you not dead? (laughs) That should just be it. So from here on out, if you've enjoyed the podcast, follow us on wherever you follow us. Subscribe, unsubscribe, write reviews, do all the things that you do with it. Don't unsubscribe. Don't do that. Well, no, unsubscribe and then subscribe again. You can do yeah. that. Oh, I it, see. It helps, it, it helps get the subscriber count up, right? If you want to help think us. I don't think that's it does. right. He it, it, it helps the no. metrics.
0: It helps the metrics. Apple knows. Lying. Apple he knows. doesn't. He doesn't even have an iPhone. Anyway, uh, so I'll tell you my theory. All right, you ready for this? So, so, so spoiler alert, if you want to watch yeah. this, turn this off and come back. So, when we walked up out of this theater, I had the thought I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on here. At the end of the Fast and Furious. Dom gets hit by that train. They didn't miss it. They didn't just miss the train. They get hit by the train, and Dom is dead. And this whole series is a Jacob's Ladder scenario. And this is just a fever dream of Dominic Toretto (laughs) after getting hit by that train in Fast and Furious 1.
1: If if that's it, then that's playing the long game. That's playing
0: the long game. Because it's just fucking crazy. Everything about this is crazy. Like it's all it is a crazy ass movie. And I mean, there was a scene in this I I burst out laughing when this happened, and I, I think I was the only person. I think I think Drew was laughing with me, but it, I was laughing my ass off. There was that sequence where everybody's Um, they get compromised, right? John Cena shows up at their base and he's fighting everybody off. And Vindy is like, go, go, go. And he's like, take one for the team. And he's just like fighting all these dudes by himself. And then he grabs these chains and literally pulls down the ceiling, like a concrete ceiling that falls on everybody except for him. But I guess he's in the water. And then he starts having these flashbacks about yeah. his past or whatever. But I'm like, dude, you're not that strong and you should be dead. Like, that literally killed everybody around you, except for you. And you're not that strong to do that thing. Um, and there's just, like, really weird rules that we just kind of accept as as rules in the universe. Like, the fact that if you land on a car, you're safe. Like, that's one of the rules of the universe. That's been true for, for a long time. A long which time. Which is fine. But that's cool, because that's the rules we accept the universe. So I'm not saying these are bad things. I'm just saying these are the things you have to accept in the universe, and that's what makes it fun. But I'm saying like all this makes sense through the eyes of this is all like a you know, the hallucin- the halluc- the, hallucin- the, halluc- the hallucinations of a madman. So
1: here's what I want, right? Because look, Tyrese Henson... It's getting late, it's getting late
0: here, just so I could be clear. This it's getting is, late. This is- I got up early
1: this is this is what intrigues me right is because tyrese keeps and again i'm assuming justin lynn did this because i think justin lynn is very self-aware i think everyone oh, yeah. i think i believe everyone who's in this franchise other than vin diesel is very self-aware of what this has become because oh, yeah. vin diesel has hinted that he wants to make a musical out of this right you, you've heard that
0: oh my god i he really wants hope to it make a huge stage. jackman
1: he wants to make a stage show <laughs> out of the Fast and the Furious franchise, he's hinted at this multiple times. Uh, There's a he, kids' cartoon he, he,
0: version of it.
1: He thinks himself as a singer, right? There's videos on YouTube where you can find Vin Diesel singing various EDM songs and seem, singing Sam Smith songs. Vin Diesel thinks he's a performer. He thinks he's a thespian. He Man, believes he can create. He is, right. He believes he can create a stage show and do this live on Broadway. Yeah. So Vin Diesel is taking this extremely seriously. But I think, I really hope that at some point, someone takes this and actually riffs off of this idea, the fact that Tyrese has said multiple times, I can't die. And they're like, because again, this is whole sequence where he's in this big armored vehicle. They're riding through a bunch of mines. The mines are exploding behind them. No one gets hurt. He gets lodged between two rocks. He basically has to get himself out of there out of punching out the window. He lands right by a mine. He walks away from the mine. The car drops on the mine. It blows up. The car basically flips and lands right where he is. And he basically just comes from behind the car. And Ludacris, who's in this movie, who's been in all these movies, goes, how are you not dead? And then they kind of go, the the two of them specifically, start to go on this big thread of, we should be dead. Why are we still alive? Yeah. And out of all the stuff we've done, out of all the things, all the situations we've been in, there's not a scratch on me. I'm not hit by bullets. I'm not bleeding. Nothing is wrong with me. How am I still alive? And Ludacris kind of pokes fun at this in the beginning by saying, shut your ass up. You're an idiot. But then they go to space. Those two (laughs) specifically. And I'm not making this up. (laughs) <laughs> little Bow Wow shows up, and it shows that Little Bow Wow not so little anymore. Little Bow Wow's been eating good,
0: right? He's yeah, filled he's, out,
1: face is yeah. big. He's oh. living a good life, right? He's he's having lots of shrimp and lobster tails. He's living a good life. There's a lot of butter in that face. So him and a couple of because are all three of those guys from the first from the third movie? So
0: okay, so. The second movie, it, yeah, so it's Little bow and, uh, or I guess just Bow-Wow now. It's um, not Little. It's Big bow Lucas Black, <laughs> what's the guy's name? Um, the guy from, is the main character from Tokyo Drift, uh, Lucas Black. And, and then I guess the guy it was like Better Luck Tomorrow. It was from Justin Lin's first movie, which is sort of in, which is Kind of, kind of not in the Tokyo Drift universe, but that's what the other guy's from. I didn't know that. I had to get clarification. on I didn't,
1: that. I didn't know that either. Like, because I know that the the dude, um, the dude that plays, um, how, how am I forgetting this guy's name? He's like the whole the guy, the guy that
0: plays the, the guy who's Han Han.
1: Yes, the guy that plays Han was in this movie, right? Like the Tokyo Drift movie. A lot of people really like. It's kind of claimed as like the worst out of all of them. Like it's made the least money. But it kind of, this was the one that was like, okay, we don't know where this is going. Like, you kind of got rid of all the main actors because Vin Diesel wanted too much money and Tyrese is Tyrese and we're just going to make another spinoff. And that was the one that Justin Lin directed as well. Yeah, exactly. So, so he he kind of brings yes. them back into Sung that. Brings,
0: Sung Kang, Sung Kang is the guy.
1: He He basically connects Tokyo Drift with the rest of the series, which they've kind of been hinting at. But he's now firmly connected all of this together by bringing back all of these different carriers, uh, all of these different characters. So they basically, they go down this whole theme of strapping a rocket engine to a Pontiac Fiero. And so yeah. at some point, they decide that they've got to undo this satellite. So Tyrese and Ludacris get in this car and there's basically the whole side set piece is Vin Diesel is fighting. Because I don't really, like the Vin Diesel, John Cena thing is just kind of what you expect from a Fast and Furious movie. They just replaced Dwayne Johnson or they replaced um Jason Statham was just another action hero guy, right? Which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in where this is gone with Tyrese and Ludacris cuz it's almost like they're trying to make their own franchise. What do you want to do where... that? I'm
0: gonna i are going to piss off I'm, Vin Diesel. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm... But that's the thing, right? Like you're always at you're always at fear of pissing off Vin Diesel. But their side thing was so random. And they kept asking these existential questions of like can we die?
0: But they've always had that dynamic, you know, like that buddy buddy. But that's dynamic. what. But that's
1: what. Again, the whole space thing is ridiculous, right? But the simple fact that they're just like, he's like, well, I'm driving a car in space. <laughs> like, literally, I'm not making this up. If you haven't watched this movie and you're listening to this, they shoot this car with a rocket engine on the back of this into space, and yep. then at some point, Tyrese just starts driving the car <laughs> in space.
0: He's like turn of the wheel. Yeah,
1: He's they like, could.
0: It's like it's like in Men in Black Two when a PlayStation controller showed up in the car.
1: Yes, it just it, they just start driving this car. But I I I really hope that they go down this really weird route with those two specifically because
0: why not at this point why not? Yeah, you can make it work. Well, they say like the next movie. Oh, okay. So the tenth film is gonna be two parts. Of course it is. And and they're coming out in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. By the time this thing's over, Vin Diesel's gonna be like nearly sixty.
1: He's gonna be on stage. He's gonna be singing about cars. But that By would make
0: sense. Like over. if there was a musical, wouldn't that also make sense if this was one of his like dying dreams? Like a dying fever dream, and all of a sudden people started singing, he'd be like, whatever. It's fine. Makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, it's funny because there's a spinoff film. I'm looking at the list now. Right. You said part one of Untitled 10th film, part two of Untitled 10th film, which is also Justin Lin, right? He's uh-huh. directing. He's going to direct because Justin Lin directed Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, which is technically Fast and Furious 4, Fast 5, and then Fast and the Furious 6. So by time Justin Lin kind of checked off of this thing, he had kind of turned this into what it is which is just kind of this ridiculous, because he was directing Fast 6, and now he's sort of stepped out of this thing, and now he's back, right? He's back to do F9 and basically two F10s. Now, there's some spinoff films here, which are interesting, because there's Hobbs and Shaw, which seems like The Rock is done with this, because Vin Diesel keeps telling The Rock that he's a bigger star than him, and The Rock is like, I actually don't need this. I'm gonna go be Black Adam, I'm gonna go be on a boat with Emily Blunt, I'm gonna go reboot Jumanji. I'm going to go do all the things that Dwayne Johnson's going to do. Jason Statham is still hanging around this thing because he's like, well, you know, I just have to just bring my accent and ham it up and I'm good.
0: Yeah. It's going to be and upsetting of that, to see Jason yeah. Statham without The Rock after Hobbs and Shaw was so fun.
1: So there is a Hobbs and Shaw sequel that's on this spinoff film list. Yeah, so they that, have- that seems
0: like very early that seems it like is. a may happen, may not happen.
1: Now, there's also on this list, there is an untitled woman-led film.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. That has is produced by Vin Diesel, right? His name's on this thing.
0: That's another thing Along that I, side, I think yeah.
1: may or may not happen. But it's interesting for the fact that there is very clearly a, a, a want to make this. Again, they're making a Marvel Universe out of this, which is interesting. So why, like, this is why they're getting to the point where if they had aliens show up, would you be surprised? I wouldn't be surprised at this point. They could pretty no. much do anything. They could do anything. Yeah. Which is kind I'm, of I'm a nice spot it. to be in. It's kind of a great spot ghosts? to be in. I, think yeah, I mean, ghosts. you can bring in Supernatural. You can bring in almost anything. And again, it's ridiculous. But all of the fans of these movies know what they're watching. It's no longer a secret that what you're going to get into is Vin Diesel. You know, him and John Cena are going to run each other through walls. And that's just what it is. So, like, reviewing it, do we need to review it? It's, it's a Fast and Furious movie. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Either you, you like it or you don't. <laughs> it's just that that's, that's where we are with these yeah. movies.
0: It and just, there's just a good yeah. time. And you're just basically creating all these wacky, over-the-top. I mean, the amount of Fast and Furious movies that have been there and the amount of Mission Impossible movies in the same franchise, they have a lot in common.
1: Ah, and Fast and Furious, are, um, the Mission Impossible movies have gotten really, really good.
0: Yeah, but they're they're kind of good for the same reason, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're there's a bit more like I, I struggle with the fact that even Tom Cruise is kind of winking at the camera. But those are much better spy movies than this is because this has turned ridiculous. But are they? Because they are. I need, to, are. I
0: need to, back, I need to back up a little bit here. First of all, you know I, you know. I, well. you know, I love Tom Cruise. You know, you talk about t- short people. He's 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 still taller than me, but obviously, you know, he gets a lot of shit for that. And I and I, I feel model. for him. Yeah. So exactly every every part of his life, I I follow it to a T. Um, but these are they're not good spy movies. Every single movie is the IMS been compromised. We've been disavowed. <laughs> like they they never actually do successful spy missions, they're always kind of screwed in those movies. Like, there's never really a point where it's like, hey, let's do a mission for the IMF. I mean, I guess the <laughs> one time they did was kind of Mission Impossible too, and that was the worst one, so maybe that's why they never do it. But every single one of them is like, oh man, something's happened. I gotta go rogue. <laughs> it's but, every but, 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 movie.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say something very ridiculous.
0: Mission yeah, Impossible
1: ahead. is more believable. <laughs> We've reached that point with the fast and furious movies that mission impossible feels like reality
0: yeah i guess it's it's true but it it but get, <laughs> but they also both of these franchises play within the rules of the universe so
1: the mission I'm impossible thought. movies though just technically speaking are better filmed movies the the effects look better they look Fair. better like Fair. like the some of the set pieces on some of these movies like the big sandstorm was that in Ghost Protocol or Rogue Nation Ghost Protocol the the motorcycle scene when he's going through like they're better filmed movies because Tom Cruise is a better actor than anyone in the Fast and the Furious movies he just is yeah and so so th- so they're just better i think Tom Cruise just has a better eye for this um and Chris McQuarrie i think is just a better director right And you got J.J. Abrams like you got some you got some heavier hitters in that franchise where Fast and Furious is more fun because you kind of know it's ridiculous and you know that you're going to get Charlize Theron or The Rock shows up or just random characters show up and then they just go, well, I'm going to Fast and Furious. I mean, Cardi B showed up in this movie. She sure did. Did, Didn't DJ Khaled show up in one of these movies as well? I think. (laughs) Yeah. like if he didn't why not right like it's gonna happen in the next but that's just where fast and furious is and there's a bit more of like car racing scene girls dancing around it's a bit more you know it's a bit more just kind of completely shut your brain off or mission impossible especially the last like that last mission impossible movie is really good like I, that's and it stands on its own these mission impossible movies kind of stand on their own but you kind of need to see the other ones to really feel like, like what Fast and you're Furious? watching is. Fast, Fast and Furious. Furious ones you mean? Yeah. Like you have to, like right? Like them going to space. If you've never watched a Fast movie, Fast and Furious movie before, you're like, well, this is just dumb. This doesn't make any sense. But if you're a fan of the franchise, you go, well, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they go to space? But Mission Impossible, you can totally watch those movies on their own and be like, well, that's that's just a good movie. That's Tom Cruise. It's just good. I enjoyed it. Yep. So yeah, Mission Impossible yep. is better. I, I, I would say that's not even, argue, you can't even argue that. Um, at the same I'm just time, talking, I I'm say, just talking from an
0: enjoyment set piece. Like, what do they actually? I enjoy doing? the
1: Mission Impossible movies better. I do. I just enjoy, enjoy them better. They're they're a better watch for me. Like the last movie, like like was Fallout, right? That was the last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. It's a great movie. A, I've Henry watched Cavill. it a couple of times. I've not watched. I mean, that fight scene in the bathroom with Henry, like, like that's yeah, good. Like Mission or Fast and Furious is doing nothing like that in that series. They're
0: doing nothing like it. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. But I will still say Furious Seven. It's still one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> so it's it's unbelievable. Like that, that is that is a that is art that should be in museums.
1: I mean, that's the one where they drive through the building, right?
0: That's exact. Yes,
1: and they drop the cars from the plane. Yeah, yeah. Is is, is that the it, one with the impossible long runway, or is that six? That's six. Okay <laughs> I mean, this is the problem with these movies. Like they're all they all blend together for me, which is good, right? It makes the franchise watchable if you've seen them. You know what you're going to yeah. get, you have a good time you leave. The Mission Apostle movies stand out for me on their own. They, they are their own movies for me. You could watch one of those at, at any moment in time, and except even though the plot is always the same, except for two.: You can, yeah, except for two. But it, well, even though the plot is always the same, you can jump in and see, okay, this guy's a spy you know, there's some face changes in there, there's some, he's, the world's going to be taken over. Disav-
0: he's been disavowed He's been again. disavowed,
1: he's, 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 he's a rogue, he's a rogue, he's a rogue agent, and he's going <laughs> to do go enough rogue. to get himself back in. Yeah, he's got to yeah. go rogue. Yeah, but again, but it's it's better than this, where it's like, they kind of went rogue, but now it's just like, <laughs> oh, well, we're just going to give you a satellite image from Mr. Nobody, right? That's real, like, that's just what we're going to do.
0: Well, they're apparently criminals, like, keep in mind, the original thing, a group of I mean, they Vin Diesel started this franchise by stealing like DVD, VHS combo players. (laughs) That's how this started. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now now they're in space.
1: So I think it's cool. Now they're in space. Now they're in space. So like, where they're gonna go next? Like, I just expect. I mean. Yeah, like the, at this point, anything can happen, and that's. Well, let me ask you this:
0: after after watching F nine, because the the one that bothers me about the franchise is there's no consistency to the titles. None. The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, Three Fast, Three. No, they didn't call it that. The Fast <laughs> and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Okay, cool. So now we're just going. to... I believe something. it was just nope. called. I believe then it was just going, called Tokyo Drift at the
1: time, right? It was just called Tokyo Drift. No, yeah. it was
0: always it was always The Fast and Furious <laughs> colon Tokyo Drift. Yeah, then fourth one. Fast and Furious. They dropped the the, they put in an ampersand, stamp, and that's how they did it. And I remember the trailer for that, because they said um, new, new ride, original parts. That was how they did it. Then they went to Fast 5, then Fast and Furious 6, then Furious 7, then the fate of the Furious, and now this one's just F9 colon the Fast Saga. <laughs> Do
1: do you think? How do you think Paul Walker would fit into this if he was still with us? Do you think he fits into
0: where we've gone now? Oh hell yeah, absolutely. He was in six and seven when they were already doing this crazy shit. He was. He he was, was in six, I guess that's a good point. because they basically <laughs> have these. What they do, which is pretty good, is they have these little clicks in the movies. So you always had the Vin Diesel and um, and Paul Walker dynamic, right? And then you had the Tyrese and Ludacris dynamic. And now you've added Ramsey in the mix there, whoever yeah. plays her. Um, and then you just had the x But those were like kind of the groups. And then you had whoever the Rock. The Rock was always like pairing off with somebody on a moment-by-moment basis. Well, because remember, he was in there had,
1: to catch them at first. They kind of made him the, the villain but not
0: villain at first. Yeah, in five, um, he was the bad was, guy. Yeah, and then he became a good guy yeah. in six. But that's what they're doing with. They basically did that with John Cena. He's going to be a good guy yeah. in ten. So, so then you can
1: just bring these guys back whenever you want to, um, to to play the parts that you that you want. Like you can kind of just you know they're chess pieces. You can just get Dave Bautista can show up in yeah. this in this next movie, and then he oh, I would wouldn't be doubt kind it. Of the European guy, I, I wouldn't doubt it either. Like I, I said that, and I'm like, I, I if that doesn't happen, I think I'd be more surprised.
0: They need they need a bigger guy to fight Vin Diesel, who they keep making seemingly bigger. Right. right.
1: And I would say then you get, you know, you get Dave Batista in there, you give him enough money because Dave Batista he commands a, you know, he commands a salary now. And, yeah.
0: you know, you, I think you put in Dave in Bautista there. as Drax. Well,
1: you just bring in the dude from the Game of Thrones, right? You've got Emmanuel, the girl who plays Ramsey. She was in Game of Thrones. Just bring in the mountain dude from Game of Thrones. What's he doing? Oh, half Thor Bjornson, whatever that dude's name is, who's like the world's strongest <laughs> man. Just bring him in and let Vin Diesel punch him in the face for a, a couple of rounds and pay him a couple million. I'm sure he'll do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like we've talked about this movie and all these guys, that, but the actual plot is this is completely random. And then the other thing to talk about is this movie might have the worst villain. Of yeah, any of the Fast and Furious movies. Like I thought, I, I even I thought guess John Cena. Yeah, I thought John Cena was great. I he's always, he's he's fun to watch. He's he's pretty good, even though, like, it just it's just odd that he's supposed to be the younger well, brother and he well, looks fact, so much older.
1: Well, n- not only that, and they also made a joke about, oh, this must be the this must be the the Nordic line of the of the Toretto family because he's <laughs> he's just a, he's a, he looks like he's from Scandinavia. Like he doesn't look. Hispanic, ambiguously Hispanic, which they kind of keep hinting at that he's kind of Racial, Racially
0: ambiguous, yeah.
1: But right. it's just like, oh, this must be the Nordic line of the Toretto family. Like, like, or, uh, you know, Toretto is an Italian name, I'm assuming. But that's the yeah. point. Like, it's just kind of like, well, look, it's just John Cena and he's his brother. Believe it. <laughs> it's just like, all yeah. right, I guess I believe this now.
0: <laughs> Don't worry about it. We've had eight movies where this dude just keeps talking about family and he's never mentioned he had a brother. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I thought Charlie on is fine doing the same thing she did last movie so that was unexpected but then you have this rich dude (laughs) who's apparently the real bad guy and this guy sucks like he is a really really bad villain and that was the most disappointing thing about this about this movie is that you could have had anybody anybody in this thing and you just and this guy just sucked I just really don't have much to say other than that like this is a really bad villain and doesn't mean the movie's less enjoyable overall but sometimes a good adversary like you mentioned mission impossible I'm i think that's one Wikipedia. thing mission impossible I you don't know what even know who mission impossible did. mission impossible does villains way way better like the actual antagonist way better yeah. than anything in the fast and furious specifically wasn't
1: wasn't Rami Malek one of the villains in the in the mission impossible movies right no what am i thinking of he was a villain in something
0: he's gonna be the villain in the new bond movie uh that's what it is that hasn't come out okay i know i saw him
1: as a as a villain somewhere
0: philip seymour hoffman in yeah mission impossible 3 a legitimate henry Henry cavill in fallout i know i know you didn't like the dude in rogue nation the guy who was like doing that weird voice but yeah it was weird it was really weird but he, there was like some interesting intimidation factor but
1: this to villain, it. This villain in F9 is so bad, right? When I go to Wikipedia and look at the starring list, his name doesn't even pop up. He's not even on here. He's not on here at all. So who the really? villain is, I, he's not on here. There's 10 names. Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Chris Ludacris Bridget, John Cena, um, Natalie Emanuel, who is the girl who plays Ramsey, Jordana Brewster, yeah. Sue King, Michael Rooker, who is? Um, I just know him from um, from Guardians of the Galaxy. The dude that plays the whistle. Um, Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell, Charlize. Nero. It's the
0: it's the that's additional additionally Anna Sawai portrays Elle, and then that's the that's the girl in the yeah. The little so she's girl in Japanese New then Zealand.
1: Then I didn't even realize she Thu, was a cute. <laughs> Thu
0: Airsted Rasmussen portrays Otto. That's the guy.
1: When You click on this. The only thing that's on this dude's i uh, that's on his Wikipedia page oh is. God. Did, did you click on his Wikipedia page
0: on the <laughs> yeah, link? Yeah, it's weird. It's very strange. It's like an it IMDb says, page.
1: Ersted Rav- Rasmussen, born yeah. November fifteenth, nineteen eighty five, is a Danish actor. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then you get his filmography.
1: nothing else. He's just a Danish actor. So yeah. I mean, they must have paid this dude in craft services because <laughs> I don't think he made any money on this thing. <laughs> Um, even the even the, the woman who plays the girl who's the key, um, she's from New Zealand, which is interesting. But at the same time, she's got more stuff in her list of yeah. basically saying, you know, she was one of the lead vocalists of a Jape Girl pop group. Oh my god. But again, like she's a legitimate person that you could put out there and go, Okay, I now learned something about this woman who played this role. But this other dude, I just know he's a Danish actor. That's all I know. So it's awful. You're right. This is it's it's the worst villain out of the entire franchise. It has to be.
0: Yeah, they never really did. It, it's always more about the team dynamic, anyway. But I can't, I can't think of any villain.
1: That's and John Cena and Charlize Theron are with the villains, but then they kind of switch. But it's you know,
0: well, she doesn't. She's going to be the main bad guy. But I, I thought John Cena was fun uh, overall. Fun yeah, he's movie. Fine.
1: He's fine. John Cena was fun. good.
0: Well, Vin Diesel's uh, IMDb, uh, Wikipedia is quite beefy. I'm just wondering, like, I'm trying to find signs of his Wikipedia that make it obvious that he wrote it.
1: <laughs> if you look at anything about his about his ability to sing, that's how you can tell.
0: Vin Diesel was made in a lab.
1: Yeah, discography. So he's got a single. So he's got two singles. He's got "Feel Like I Do" and "Days Are Gone" are the two singles. They are non-album singles oh, yeah. that he released last year during COVID. I'm assuming, right, when he was sitting at home.
0: He's going to be in a video um,
1: game uh, next year. Yeah, again, Art Vin Diesel, tip. he's one of those dudes that, like, he somehow has had so much pull in Hollywood, and I just don't... It's very confusing to
0: me. Like, he did this whoa, with whoa, the Chronicles whoa. already. What? Thing. He he's came in... back. Yeah, I'm going to... All right, I'll ask you about this after after we stop talking. Seeing some um, but this, Vin uh, Diesel, I believe, the
1: only movie. reason why he showed up in the third in Tokyo Drift, right? Because that's what happened. Vin Diesel was in the first movie. He then tried to pull this power play of saying, you need to give me a bunch of money to be in the next movies, right? So they didn't even include him in two. It was Tyrese. That's what they brought in Tyrese at that point, because it was Paul Walker and Tyrese was some, you know, they were in Miami. And so Tyrese was kind of the the guy that he was kind of, that Paul Walker was undercover working with. And then Tokyo Drift happens and Vin Diesel just shows up in the end. And I believe he showed up at the end of that movie. To get the rights to Chronicles of Riddick, hmm. that's the only reason why he was in the third movie at all was because he wanted the rights to Chronicle Riddick to make these movies, and that's how we gained the rights.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, whatever happened, it's working pretty. Uh, it worked out pretty well for him, and he and the series is better now than it than it was back then. I'm saying it's these aren't the best like eight and nine are fun but i still think seven's the peak people will say six is the peak
1: but look though and when, when five, did six, the Rock? Seven,
0: he showed up when at five. did the rock five five started the franchise? five that's when it got great
1: i think the rock changed this franchise he made it fun he made it what it is which is a little ridiculous a little cartoony Mm -hmm. they they, he's got to thank dwayne johnson for that because vin diesel was trying to make these really serious movies and i think the rock came in and was the rock right he came in he was big he was brash he's, he's just who he is right he's just luke hobbs i'm in here i'm coming to catch you right gal gadot was in that movie in fast five but i really and this is and this is what i think makes vin diesel so upset is that if it's up to Vin Diesel, he was gonna make these more serious movies. I think he's embraced it now what it is. But we're getting the movies we're getting today because of Dwayne Johnson.
0: He made this franchise what it is. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that is like you think about these I, I often think about this with these protagonists and like what what a cool protagonist is in film or media. And it I often think about it when it comes to like when I think about how they're presented in Japanese media, specifically in games, right? Hmm. Or even anime, like the limited amount of anime I've watched, like think about Cowboy Bebop and something like Spike Beagle. Like these guys have this kind of cool perception, but if you actually watch it, they often have these moments where they're vulnerable and goofy and slip up. Right. That never happens in these, in this movie. Like Vin yeah. Diesel never gets into that situation where something silly is happening like where you know he turns and someone like gets the gets the drop on him or he's like fish out of water in a convenience Cause, store Because like, a think that's country can can't happen. speak the language you know what I mean yeah, like, it never when never. F-
1: even when you think that's about to happen like you kind of thought that with the whole Interpol thing and then it's hey it's Cardi B I'm getting you out someone so sends a regards go back on your business right like, I, I just, I believe that Vin Diesel takes himself really seriously, even in these, even in these movies, he's saying, well, I'm untouchable I'm this. Yeah. I'm th- I really believe that he drives this where Hobbs and Shaw, there's all sorts of moments throughout that movie where it's kind of like, against all odds, we're going to keep the theme of family, but against all odds, we're going to do with what we have, right? The whole end of that movie is he goes home and sees his family And they've got to basically fight these guys kind of, you know, in a more in a more primal way because they don't have the technology. They they can't they can't defeat Idris Elba because he's basically a machine. And so we're going to fight this old school. Right. We're going to set up fire tracks and old school cars and we're going to do the Haka and we're going to get family together. That proves we're better than technology. Vin Diesel doesn't do that. Vin Diesel is always the one who's basically like, well, I'm unstoppable. You'll never win. I'm going to find you. And then he does. So, like, Vin Diesel's not a likable character in these movies. It's everything around him. And then you're kind of laughing at Vin Diesel being the ridiculous, unrealistic superhero. But it's everyone else around him that makes these movies work, in my opinion. And I think Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, um, and now John Cena pull this together for Vin Diesel. Because on his own, Vin Diesel cannot carry this movie by himself. He can't. Yeah because he's not interesting enough he's the straight man really and i don't think he's that bright to to have that level of self-awareness to realize well i'm just playing the straight man which allows everyone else to be ridiculous i really think he thinks well me playing the straight man is why these movies have any sort of coherent need um and because i'm so cool yes because i'm so cool and because i'm unstoppable and because i wear this white shirt that can't get dirty um I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm the rock of this thing when I'm just like, no, you're just kind of the straight man that allows for everyone else to be silly, which is where the fun yeah. is. The fun is the rock in being in prison with Jason Statham, you know, beating dudes. Like, like that scene is probably the most fun in the entire franchise when they break out of prison. Oh yeah, in it's, and by far, it's by yeah. far is by far the most fun. Where they're oh, saying, no, Yeah, that,
0: that was
1: No, that wasn't that was Fury
0: that was Fate of the Furious. It was seven, right?
1: No, that was eight. Eight. It was eight. But that's the thing. Like, they both go in jail. The Rock's talking about he's going to beat him like a Cherokee drum. (laughs) Right? And then it's just Jason Statham running around doing parkour. And it's The Rock taking beanbags to the chest. Like, rubber bullets to the chest as he just runs through people. But it's all kind of with a smile and a wink and a nod of, like, we know it's ridiculous, guys. Just roll with it. But with Vin Diesel... It's like, well, this is who I really am and it's like, well, Vin it's not.
0: Yeah, cuz that's also one of those things where in in 8 that's when uh the Rock is also coaching his uh his kids' his soccer daughter, team. His right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. His Daddy and that's daddy's like daddy's kind of those
1: it's all of that yeah. stuff, right? Like that's Vin Diesel's silly
0: stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Yeah, you you don't see Vin Diesel doing
1: that ever. No, and I think that's why Vin Diesel was so threatened by this, because The Rock is like, hey, look, man, this should be fun. Like, this has got to be a bit more jokey and silly. And look, we're superheroes, right? And I think Vin Diesel was like, no, we're trying to tell this story. And I think The Rock was just kind of like, dude, like, you're out of your mind. I, I make these movies for a living. This is how I make my bread and butter in this industry, is by being myself, but having fun. And I think Vin Diesel was just like, well, no, like we're trying to make a movie. And I think that's where this thing kind of blows up with those two dudes. Because, yeah, I think it was something where Vin Diesel, there was some article when they were doing the press for this movie when Vin Diesel goes, well, you know, I had, you know, when The Rock came onto my set, you know, I had to really show him how to be an actor. I had to show him how to be a professional. I, you know, he was just a WWE guy and I took him under my wing and showed him how to do this. And The Rock's answer was this. Yeah, I heard what he said. I laughed. And I laughed hard. And whatever he's saying, like, just ju- just look at what I've created around me, right? Like, I- I've done, like, look at the empire I've built as Dwayne Johnson, and look at what Vin Diesel has built. We are not on the same stratosphere. So he can say what he wants, but I, I know why he's in the position he's in, and I know why I'm in the position I'm in, and it's very clear that we're not equals. And I think that that makes Vin Diesel upset to no end. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, at the end of the day,
1: I got to see Jungle Cruise. I got to go see that. Yeah, which apparently is getting great reviews. Yeah, <laughs> like apparently getting great reviews people because again, it's The Rock and Emily Blunt gets to be a little sillier. Emily Blunt gets to, you know, she gets to be a again and she's a great actress. She's she's great in Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow is a movie I've probably seen more than any other movie this past decade. I've watched that movie
0: probably 20 times. It's great. It's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. It's a great movie. Which is ironic and- to, as a movie to see again and again because it's a movie that repeats over and over again. So you've I've, probably I've, watched the same I've watched scene that movie, hundreds of times. Yeah.
1: I've watched that movie more than any other movie, basically, in the last 10 years. It has to be. I've watched that movie so many times because it's great. Every single time. But that's what I mean. Like You get enough of these actors and you put them in a right position. They can make anything shine. Tom Cruise is one of those people. Dwayne Johnson is one of those people. He's made some really bad movies. But I enjoyed Skyscraper. It's a terrible movie, but I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I got like to watch The Rock with a fake leg. It was fun.
0: It was fun. Making that jump, yeah. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Well, we can stop it there. Uh, yeah, go see it. Go see that movie, or don't. You know, two choices. America, It's freedom. You know, just like, just like the back scene. Look at that. It brought it back full circle.
1: Yeah. There's there's a couple of movies on my list that I want to see. I'll, I'll run through you a list of some of the things that I'm looking forward to watching. So Jungle Cruise is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a trailer for Blood Red Sky on Netflix, and it has me intrigued because I love these stupid movies where it's like, hey, there's a plane, and there's a hijacking on a plane. And they don't know that they're stuck with a vampire. So I'm going to watch that as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I never heard of this thing.
1: Yes, Blood Red Sky. I'm going to watch it. Um, Yeah, there's a couple of movies that are on my list that I'm going to watch. Space Jam is also on my list. have to watch that. And Pig. I've heard about Pig. Yeah.
0: Why have I heard about Pig? What is this movie? Because Nicolas Cage is in it. All oh, right, Nichols.
1: Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm, yep. I'm going to read you the tagline, that we can end this podcast. So, Pig, mm-hmm. a truffle hunter who lives alone in the or- in the Oregonian wilderness, mm-hmm. must return to his past in Portland to search for his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. I mean, how are you not in on Pig? Like that's it. Yeah. That's all that I needed. I mean, yeah. I'm in.
0: Okay. Fair enough. So we'll I have week. quite a
1: few things to discuss next week
0: if I can get through all these. I'm excited. Till then, it's podcast over.